Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. Yay! Hello, hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Let's listen to that band. Dance if you want to, if you can. If you're driving, don't. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was Friskies and the Alley Cat Choir. Hey, I try. You know, it is what it is, folks. But I can say I think they get better every week. Not their name, of course. No, the sound. The sound, that's what I'm talking about. Well, welcome aboard, welcome, welcome, and welcome one and all to this uh, magic sleigh ride journey podcast audio sound adventure that I call Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. Uh, if it's your first episode, welcome. 33 it is, and it's nice to have new listeners, so thank you for joining us. It's kind of a crazy, kind of weird, kind of uh, hold on to your hats and glasses sort of thing. Uh, not all the time, but some of the time it is. And for returning listeners, thank you. Welcome back to the craziness. I'm so glad to see you. So glad to have you back. So glad to be in your ear holes. <laughs> In last week's episode, number 32, Accepting Trans Womanhood, uh, in the editing process, I realized, uh, well, I wouldn't say I realized, but I left out some points that that I really wanted to drive home, I guess is the best way to say that. And really, I, I wanted to point out the fact that trans people are different. I mean, duh, obviously, yeah, that's not what I mean. I mean... The essence of us, the spirit of us, the thing that makes a person a person, the personality, the the soul, if you will, is different than your regular male or female. (laughs) That's why we have the word trans in front of it. And we're unique. We're we're, we're like a hybrid, you know? And, And when I say that, I mean like a flower hybrid is what I'm talking about. Uh, That's the main reference I mean. And in that vein, we're an anomaly. I mean, it's just the way it is. And and in, in this case, the same thing is very, very, very true for intersex people. At least the small bit of knowledge I have about intersex people, and which is very, very limited. I mean, I've read a little bit about it online. And in one of the group meetings I've been to, I was so lucky enough to have three or four 
uh, Petran, uh, excuse me, intersexed people there to really just kind of stopping by. You know, hi, we're in town visiting, we're traveling too, sort of thing. And we thought we would stop by and say, oh, wonderful, it's nice to have you. And to hear their story, one, it breaks your heart. It really does. Um, it made me so much more in the know, I guess. Hip, you might say. You know, that sort of thing about, wow, I, I, I kind of knew about that. I wasn't ignorant of it. But, oh my goodness, I did not know that it was that heavy we'll, we'll use in this moment of time. And so... So I, I, I think I have a little bit more experience, we'll say, with, with, with intersex people than probably the average person, at least an open intersex person. And that's the thing, is in this group, everybody's able to, to, to just, this is me, raw, on the table, let's have at it, you know, sort of thing, in, in a positive, embracing atmosphere. And so it was lovely to hear their story. And so I know that it's just a heavy, heavy thing. And in that sense, they're an anomaly. They're a hybrid. They're unique. They're different. So that we share in common with them. Uh, and it's, I think it's something special that we need to embrace in ourselves. And that comes to accepting yourself. That's part of the coming out process, I think. And it's just one of those steps, you might say. And for me, once I did accept that, once I did really try to figure out what was going on in my mind, my body, my thoughts, I was able to start to, to love myself and accept myself and embrace my differences and make them my strengths, in a, in a sense. And that's really what I wanted to say. And I know that the listener that that pertains to, the you, when I say you... You know, everything I, I've, I've been sharing hits you home. You can do it, too, if you haven't been able to yet. As I've said before, make your checklist. You can do it. Also, in last week's episode, during the secondary topic, uh, I, wanted, I, I really wanted to point out, and this I did notice in the editing, I wanted to point out I do not wasn't meaning to label anyone or segregate anyone. I didn't mean that. And I hope you understood that. What I mean is, and then that segregation thing, that's not my thing. But what is kind of my thing, just because it helps people wrap their brains around such things, is creating a label. We, as the general population, need something to, to latch on to, whether you realize it or not. I mean, for an example... Um, Titles for positions at work. Everybody has work, and usually there's a title that goes with it. And some of the titles I've had in my past life are lease consultant, uh, assistant lease consultant, working up to lease consultant. Yeah, that was a crazy thing. The bottom line of what I did for that, it was a telemarketer job at a car dealership. I would call people getting near the end of their leases, ask them to come in, and I would literally set up an appointment with a car salesman. And they would show them a new car. If they sold, I got a teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny percentage. 
So if the car was a big deal, you know, if they got a good deal on the car, if meaning the salesman got a good deal, the, they didn't haggle them down too much, uh, I got a little piece of that pie. And then I get the standard hourly rate at the time, but a little bit lower because I had that percentage. It, it, was, it was a two-year thing during college, you know. It, it didn't pay the bills, but it helped. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that much. Okay. Uh, another thing was general manager. Ta-da! Yes, I had the title of general manager. Looks great on a resume. Yeah, we had a little Tony the Tiger there. Uh, it, now, it was a retail coffee shop, and I had to do... First, it was 40-plus hours a week. And I had to do... Everything that you see the people behind the counter of a coffee shop doing, and I mean everybody, and I don't, I mean behind the, sh- the counter, I mean literally, and then also once when they come out from the counter to take care of the store and its surroundings. It, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it kept me active, it kept me, uh, I didn't really need to go exercise because I was constantly moving. Uh, I built some relationships with some people, with some friends that I'm still friends with today. They've accepted me, and it's wonderful. It, it, it's just nice how the circle happens. But I had to do everything you see those people doing. And on top of that, I had to do the ordering and the scheduling and the stuff a general manager does. So, yeah, it was it was it ended up being a shit job in the end. But for the time of my life, it was good. It was good. I did enjoy the experience, and of course, I enjoyed the friendships I made. Uh, let's see, another one, and this is the last one I'm going to share with you. Another one, Senior Special Orders Representative. <laughs> There's something fancy for you, isn't it? Yeah. No. And, and Okay, for the shorthand of that, S-S-O-R. Yeah, yeah, dynamic. It's like it's like you're trying to be a superhero. You want that on your shirt going, ha-ha, I am an SSOR. Yeah, um, okay. So, basically, what I did for that job was a lot of shit up front. Okay, that's the short answer. Long answer is I took orders from customers uh, for hard-to-find different, uh, you know, uh, hard-to-find parts and items and things like that. Uh, hence the special orders part of the title. Find it, then place the item on order with the vendor. Follow up on the shipping. Has it shipped properly? Blah, 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 blah. Did we bill the customer? Did we pay the vendor? That's was part of, that was all of it. And I'm really making it sound so simple, and it wasn't. Uh, part of the problem was the operating system we were using on the computers. And the computers themselves, some of them were outdated at the time. But, you know, it's a transitional period. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Those in the know know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, it was was hell. And, again, that job was good for me at the time of my life. Uh, I look back, there are some friendships I've made and lost. But it's been good. And uh, part of me wishes I never did it because part of me feels like I sold out in doing that type of job. But part of me loves the fact that I did that job because I've met people. I have uh, 
developed wonderful friendships that are still around today because of it. And it allowed me to do what I needed to do at that point in my life. So, without getting into too many more specifics, it was good at the time, but I would never want to do it again. And the job had to happen all over the phone. So, eight plus hours on occasion, in a cubicle, at a computer. Da 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 da. Yeah. And. I just was, those types of positions are not for me. Enough said on that. And then let's take a quick look at what other places call their employees. A lot of them are called team members. Sometimes it's called a crew. Uh, Disneyland and the Disney Corporation is a cast member. Uh, uh, some representatives, you know, uh, uh, consultants. And these are just titles because we like hanging on to titles. We can compartmentalize it. We can put it up on a nice little shelf in our mind and say, okay, that is what it is. When we get a title, we feel, hey, I am a general manager. You know, that, that sort of thing. I get that. <laughs> what the real question is, who should make up the, li- the labels, the titles? Well, in corporation, the corporations are going to do that because that's the way that corporations work. Yes, the people that are going to hold those titles may have some input. Eh, Usually not. Uh, But in society, in a culture, we, I, transgender, you know, that's a title, that's a label. And there's more after that, but that's a category, a label, a title that myself and a number of people that I know fit into. If you're open about it or not, that's the thing. (laughs) You know, everybody likes to do that. And I say label yourself with this, I don't know what, caveat. Make it easy for people. The, the, The simpler things are, the smoother things go, is my opinion. And lastly, about last week's episode, this was during the Bruce Jenner thing, which I was during the transgender news section, in which I throw in very rarely. Uh, uh, Bruce Jenner, uh, the thing that I admire and really kind of connect with him, her on, is the fact that whatever he, she will be doing with her life, uh, they're making their transition public. She is making her transition public. How public? We'll find out as time goes on. But realize I'm doing the exact same thing. A lot of other trans people are doing the same thing. The difference is Bruce had a foot in the freaking door 30 years ago. More. Okay? Okay. All right. Enough said on that. That was from episode 32, just a quick rundown, giving it all back to you, uh, things I you know, recognized during the editing process that I couldn't necessarily record about until now, can be found at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. Uh, we've got an Amazon affiliate link there. We've got our PayPal donate button there. Please feel free to use both at your choosing. Uh, Links to iTunes and Stitcher. If uh, you're not there, you can always find us that way. We have the RSS link there, if that's your thing. And 
the email changes in latitudes podcast at gmail.com we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash changes in latitudes podcast and what am i forgetting what am i forgetting ah twitter now i don't really use twitter so much i have it connected to my tumblr which i don't really use so much <laughs> i queue up everything on tumblr so i get something on my twitter feed okay guilty yeah. Occasionally I'll I'll post a picture. Occasionally I'll tweet something that comes to my mind. It depends, you know, but if you really want to try to follow me cuz I do nothing but really regurgitate things <laughs> is at Sabrina Miller 41 over at Twitter. All right, enough of this, enough of this. Hey, uh Frisky's in the Alley Cat Choir. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some music, please. Take us into the next segment. Aha! Thank you. As the title of the episode says, The Woe Man in the Mirror. And uh, I, I, I don't know if you did, but the moment I saw, thought of this title, of course, this song came to my mind. I'm gonna make a change for once in my life. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turned up the collarbone, my favorite winter coat. This wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street, but not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see them? song really became popular. Uh, I don't remember the specific year. I just remember the time 
that it was happening. It was just in my youth and just trying to figure out things. And I remember everybody making fun of Michael because he was on that, you know, journey towards looking like Diana Ross. And, uh, you know, hey, whatever your thing is, man. So he was being made fun of about that. And that's what really sticks out in my mind, especially about this song. And then he went on to do all the things that he went on to do. So, yeah. Anyway, but how it pertains to us and me and the transgender community and my life and experience and what it's been... That mirror can be your friend and enemy, and that's just about for every woman out there in the world. That, well, our world, you know, America and the, the, the places that need makeup and have advertisements geared directly towards, you know, specific gender things. Okay? Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, it's, it's horrible to us. It's wonderful and it's horrible to us. And, and, I mean, ultimately females, but yes, males as well. And I, and I mean cis and and trans men, and I mean cis and trans women. We start in our youth, you know, making faces and trying to figure out our face. Then, as we start to go through puberty, we want to look our best... So we fall for whatever advertisements and products are geared toward that time of our lives. And then, regist- you know, suggestions from friends and things like that. And then ultimately what the parent buys. I remember having to talk my mom into certain brands of uh, either it was uh, acne pads or cream or wash. or I can't remember specifically what it was, but it was some sort of acne thing. And we didn't argue, but we debated, you know, quite vigorously in the store about which one would be better. Whatever. And so there's, so there's, you know, that era (laughs) of time when we stare at our faces. And for some, it lasts longer than others, that acne-ridden time. Some, it's worse than others. And that's, that's just the way life is. I get it. But that's how young we start looking at the details of our face and seeing it change essentially every day before our lives. And and, and now with the, you know, digital photo era happening, especially with this time hop thing, we can look back however long that you've documented and see how you've changed over the last five, six, seven, ten years. Quite, quite impressive. Then after that part, or uh, we grow, and we have you know whatever society is you know bringing us to our uh, feet, you might say, as we move into life, you know whatever era you know, or whatever avenue you follow. And, you know, you do your choices due to pressure or not pressure or whatever your situation will be. And then you continue to grow and change and still try to figure out how that person in the mirror looks. And if you like that person, and sometimes you don't like the person, so you don't really even see 
the person in the mirror anymore. You see whatever you're looking at. Your teeth when you brush your teeth. Your hair when you brush your hair. You don't look at your eyes. You don't look at your ears. You know, unless you need to look at that part, you do not look at the whole. Some people are like that, and I understand that you're hiding from it. I hope that you find yourselves, because I did that for a while. Not a long while, but I did that for a while. And it, uh, it, it, is, it is what it is. It took its toll, but enough said on that. So we have the normal process, as I just described. Then you add trans into the mix. And then you have, you know, the person that's not liking their face because that's a normal human thing. And then you have the person that doesn't like their face because it's not developing to look like the gender that they perceive in their mind. And then it can become very depressing, and maybe that's when you stop looking at yourself. That's eh, the curse. It, 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 you, you don't want to see the girl, you want to see the guy. You don't want to see the guy, you want to see the girl. I get it. I've done it. As trans women, we're fighting to stop seeing the guy in the mirror. As trans men, you have the fight of stopping to see the woman in the mirror. And since it's the same face just developing and changing differently, you're all, I think we're always going to see what was there, no matter what changes we go through. So that's just something you fight on. Um, and then now, even with trans in the mix, you have the people that want to change something about their look, their nose, their jawline, their brow, brow line, their hairline, whatever it is. This is something both, you know... Trans women and cis women do. Some, you know, male-identified people will do it as well, just differently for them. And that's getting cosmetic surgery. Whatever it is, everybody's got it. And I mean in the sense of the face, because that's what we're talking about here, the mirror. And yes, the mirror can include the body. Yeah, of course. But what you see in the mirror every time you see a mirror is the face. How often is your face covered? Your body's covered most of the time, and usually when, if, usually if and when you see it naked, probably around the showering point, or changing of clothes point. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, it's not as often as the face. So that's what I'm referring to. Because, yes, you can do body altercations. You can have liposuction. You can have uh, breast augmentation. You can have... Uh, uh, butt implants or, or uh, something like that. You can, there's, there's things to do. Yeah, I've, to alter those parts of your body that are under your clothes. So, but I'm talking about the face, the mirror. That's what we see every day when, or well, however frequently you look at a mirror, the thing, the, the face, it's what you see. And since so many people want to change something about themselves, like with cosmetic surgery, there are so many cosmetic surgeons in the larger cities. When I was in Los Angeles, I remember seeing advertisements on television all the freaking time during daytime TV in the summer for cosmetic surgery. And it was usually pushing some sort of facial plastic surgery. Occasionally they would, you know, in the end of the, the commercial, you know, these are the things that this doctor does. They include breast augmentation. In fact, I think they would say breast augmentation reduction is what they would sell it as. So, 
And but they would never really mention it during the ad. It was always at the end, you know, call now or whatever it was. And the same thing's true here in San Diego. Not that I see it on TV, but in one of the trade papers we have, it, it, throughout the paper, every few pages, and more so in some sections, there are you know quarter page or eighth of page, sometimes half page ads for cosmetic surgery. And they're usually pushing the liposuction rhinoplasty, it seems right now. But if you look hard, it does say breast augmentation. And then there's, there are those that push for breast augmentation. You know, hey, this is what we do. So, you know, they're there. I mean, it's, yeah. Large cities have a lot of them. So there's, you know, there is a market for it. People are doing it. And as I mentioned, I don't remember an episode or two ago, uh, the advertisements, part of it is to make us, you know, want to buy something to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Use this face wash to make your face look blah, blah, blah. Use this foot scrub to make your feet you know, feel like clouds, you know, whatever the advertisement is, it's that that's part of the whole thing. And if you don't do that, you feel bad because you're, you know, I, I am less of a woman because my feet don't feel like clouds. I, whatever the advertisement is, you know, the point, if it gets to you, it gets to you. So you have, even if you get a coupon, Hey, I've got a dollar off on this face scrub that I've heard about. Maybe I'm going to buy it. All right, too late. You already bought it. You're there. <laughs> it's in your hand. And the maybe will usually become an okay. So, so you know, and, and sometimes those things do make you feel better. But then, for me, I've noticed that the price, you never find another coupon. So you got to pay full price. But, eh, such is life. Now, back to adding trans on top of all the things that normal people want to change about themselves. Um... By the nature of the beast in our society, by gendered society, trans men have it a little bit easier than trans women because of the whole male thing. But it's changing. I sense it. I've noticed it. I've seen it. I I believe it's changing. It's going to be a while, but I believe it's changing. Plus... Everything about advertisements, you know, men's product, men's things, use this, dress like that, blah, 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 is always to make the man more manly. Ooh, build yourself up and be a man and, you know, be powerful and work your power over things and manly, right? Okay. Well, trans women, again, because of the whole bi-gendered thing of our society... We've got the whole, you know, normal cis woman thing that they deal with, sadly. As I said, I believe it's changing. And then we've got this, the, the trans thing on top of it. Now, cis women, you know, may have a smidge easier because from the moment of birth, they're, you know, groomed into be woman. That's part of the thing that parents do to for their children you know so that's they, they've they've got a they've got a head start on it for most trans women uh for trans women you know you've got that gap of time where life has treated you as a man as a as a boy as a man so you know what 20 40 years for some yeah so that's it's a hard thing so so we've got to get over the guy thing. Then we got to get over looking at 
uh, you know, basically feeling like a, a woman because advertisements tell us we're not pretty enough unless we use this whatever or buy these clothes or use this product or go to this location or wear this piece of jewelry or this type of undergarment or these type of shoes or this type of purse. It's, it's, it's geared towards that. That's what it is. Stop and take a look around you and to realize that. So we've got a lot to handle. To use the mirror positively, you ha- in the coming out process, you have to start to like looking at yourself. Because you're going to be seeing these changes happen. And I really admire the people that do a selfie every day for the first year or two of, a, of uh, HRT. I think that's awesome. I've been debating about it once I do start HRT. We'll see how I feel. The phone is an easy thing. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, back on track. So we got to get past the guy, which we usually don't like, to see the girl, which we're dying to see. But then society says we're not pretty enough. And so now we see the guy again, sometimes mixed with, with the girl, blah, 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 blah. And that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. Once you, I think once people, once trans women specifically understand that, it's easier to grab a hold on to and realize what's happening and use it to your advantage. But that's, again, just my two cents. That's not for everyone. Not everybody can... I don't know, tear things apart and think that way, which is why I kind of bring it on my podcast so I can help you think that way. At least I hope I do. Anyway, uh, back on topic, back on topic, back on topic. Stay on target, stay on target. What do I see when I look in the mirror? Because that's really what you want to know and what I want to share, hence the title of the uh, episode. Uh... Uh, throughout my life, I've been able to see glimmers of the woman inside me from many different parts. And I remember, and only recently have I looked back to think when I started seeing that. And I think I really started to see it probably oh, late middle school, early high school, kind of, kind of can't. Th- remember so much detail at that point in time I just remember looking in the mirror and thinking wow I look kind of feminine and I kind of blew it off I just all right I I think I said oh that's gonna be good for theater or something like that that was my big thing and well still is but (laughs) that's another tangent so at different times I've been able to see the woman throughout my life but then, don't get me wrong, there have been times that I only see the guy. No, obviously not so much right now. But yeah, throughout my life, there's times that I only saw the guy, especially if I had any f- facial hair. Any facial hair. Now, I'm really, when I say now, I mean the early part of 2015, late 2014. Really starting to see more of the woman every day. Even on bad days, you know, when it's like I'm getting ready to do a ghost shower because I need to shave. <laughs> that sort of thing where it's just, I, I can't stand it anymore. It's like sandpapers on my face. <laughs> if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, and I think part of that is just being out publicly and interacting with everyone as a female, which is wonderful. 
I have a morning, night, and you know, daily face routine, wash and such. Sometimes I don't do the morning, and that's I think that's culprit for most people. And those are the times that I get kind of bitten, <laughs> we'll say. Uh, but doing that has really helped a lot. And usually when I go out, minimum I do a touch of makeup. Usually it's mascara and lip gloss at the bare minimum, if nothing, you know. Uh, when I color my hair, uh, I, I use a pencil on my brows to kind of match them. If not, they don't match. So if my hair is freshly colored, I will make sure I have that in my hair, in my hair, in my eye, eyes, eyebrows. <laughs> if, if, it's, if, if my hair is in need of a coloring, <laughs> then I don't usually do it all the, all the time. Like I said, my minimum is usually mascara and, and gloss. That's the minimum. And then, you know, if I'm going to do anything, then, then there's the cover-up, then there's the powder, then there's the eyeshadow, then there's, depending on where I'm going, maybe eyeliner and how much eyeliner, and then mascara, and then, like I just mentioned, eyebrows, and then cheeks and lips. And usually, again, lips is some sort of lip gloss. Uh depends on the type of gloss or if I use a touch of lipstick. It really depends on where we're going and what we're doing. So because of those things, I see, uh, basically I see the woman almost every day now. At least every day for the last, oh, as of this recording, probably two and uh, and change weeks. Because I saw this, this title coming up on my list of things to record and then I started working on my little outline script. So it's been in my mind for about two weeks now. And, and so, therefore, I've been kind of conscious of looking in the mirror. What do I see today? And I, I've, I can say for a good week or two, I've seen the, seen the woman, I've seen the girl, which is splendorifous. <laughs> it's wonderful. And uh, I, I do know that if my hair's pulled back, there's a tendency to see more of the guy. Uh, again, if there's more shadow from hair, I tend to see the guy. But if, uh, if my hair is down and I don't see the shadow, I, I see the girl and that makes me happy. Gender 30 Day Challenge, or in my case, 30 Episode Challenge. Even though I've skipped a few episodes, and so it's longer than 30 episodes, but we'll get there. Question 19 If you're religious, how do your views affect being trans? If you're not religious, what about your family. family's religion? Family religions? Okay, well, first, <laughs> uh, if you've been following along, you binge listeners, long-time listeners, I- I've mentioned comment about how the, the, the set, these questions are worded and put out there, and I apologize. It was one of the easier links to cut and paste to my, you know, document editor 
uh, into Google Docs, really, uh, to to use as a, you know, here's the list of questions, insert them when you need them. And it to me now at question 19, it's obviously written by somebody who does not comprehend the English language because the first, it, 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 <laughs> uh, to share with you folks, uh, now, mind you, I just cut and paste. I cut and paste. This is what I did. I cut and paste from the website to the Google Doc Word Doc, okay? And then in there, I just basically put them to numbers. I put them in a numbered list. And from there, I cut and paste into my script. All right. So I don't really look at it. I peruse it. But I don't really look at it until, like I said, a couple weeks because <laughs> I'm getting ready to record this show. All right, enough of that. The your in the very beginning, if you're religious, is Y-O-U-R. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, the moment I saw that, I went, okay, I got to tell the audience this. And again, apologize. I should have found a better one. But I'm finding it slightly funny. Anyway, here's a better way to put this question. (laughs) If you're religious... Proper spelling, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. How has your faith affected you in accepting your trans identity? If you are not religious, how has other people's religious beliefs affected your relationship with them since you came out slash transition? Which I think is a better way to ask what this person is trying to ask. Now, before we get into anything, I'm going to say that uh, I do not like talking about religion. First and foremost, I, I don't. I choose not to when it's brought up at, at uh, you know, things. I, uh, it, it, I, I just don't. Because... I have a reason for it, of course. Religion is a very personal thing, even though it's shared in a very public way. I choose not to talk about it because throughout my life, I've come to realize that whatever religious beliefs a person has, then the, those views, those thoughts, the beliefs, you know, they, it's theirs, not mine, theirs. And I can't expect them to follow and believe my faith, just as they can't expect me to follow and believe their faith or their religion. I'm making a point of these words. I, and I see this of this simple statement we hear and just heard frequently when we talk about religious things, when the topic of religion comes up. Oh, what is your religion? What is your faith? What is your belief? You're asking somebody what their personal thing is. What is your favorite color? Same type of question. So it's a very, very personal thing for me and for you. Second, in general about religion. And I know I said I don't like to talk about religion, but this is a religious question sort of thing. So for me to answer it, I will share it in this episode. I'm religious in that I believe in a power greater than myself. Take that as you will. Now, 
it doesn't really have a name. You know, for me, I don't need a name, but, you know, going back on that whole label thing, I call it God because of the universal definition of that particular word, and it makes it easier to address a prayer, we'll talk about more of that in a minute, to a name or a title, wink, wink, other than, you know, oh, unseen power and force of nature that is greater than myself. I pray to you, blah, 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 blah. No, I don't need to do that shit. <laughs> okay, not that dramatic. It's too long. So just, you know, to make it easy, God. It's, it's the title. Um, also, I do not care for organized religion. Uh... I haven't traveled the world experiencing different churches or faiths, okay? So I can't say that, right? I know that people do that, and that's cool for you. Not my thing. But over the past 40 years, I've had a good amount of exposure to a healthy handful of different, different organized religions. So much so that I feel, I, I can honestly say from my soul, that I do not care for any organized religion, at least any of the ones I have crossed paths with or have witnessed or seen or what have you. Third, again, in general, about religion. I don't like people that push or force their religion on you, and this comes in so many different forms. Uh, If you see the movie Airport, I believe it's Airport, I don't I can't remember uh, airport. Yeah, maybe it is airport. It's the comedy. It's the parody of the tragedy movie. Okay. 79, 77, 78, somewhere in there. I don't want to look it up. Uh, Robert Hayes, um, Lloyd Bridges, and a handful of other people. <laughs> Tons of other people. But fun story. Um, they, there's a joke as they walk through the airport about the, uh, the Hari Krishnas that used to, they don't do it anymore, at least I don't think they do it anymore, used to go through the airport offering flowers and hear, hear our religion, peace, love, brother, and blah, blah, blah. I, I know enough about that cult. <laughs> it's a religious, but it's definitely a cult. That, you know, I know that's not for me. All right? Organized thing? No. Thank you. Uh, and, and they're the type that kind of force their view, force their religion on you. And there are many, many different forms of that. The people that go knocking door to door, sharing their word. No, thank you. (laughs) And then there are the friends that, you know, want to talk about religious things, whatever it may be. Especially the ones that do it after I express the fact that I don't want to go there. It's not my thing. Don't want to talk about it. And then... Another thing that kind of makes me want to run in the other direction are people who have religious shrines in their homes. And I don't mean the, uh, the, the, the type of religion from the East where you need to do your praying. I don't remember how often throughout the day. I, I, I respect that. I understand that. So I'm not saying that. No, I'm talking about people who basically have a mini Catholic church in their home and i mean candles and crosses and you know all of that and you know kind of hem music echoing from it i've seen it that sort of thing Mm. 
I don't, I, no, home is home, church is church, okay? Let's not bring them together like that. Let's do it other ways. <laughs> it's my thoughts, but enough on that. I don't like to talk about religion. Can you tell? And then, and then the people who constantly, constantly have invite you to, to join them at church, even after the first or second time you say no, you know, if they continue and continue after like the third, then those, okay, you're pushing my buttons. Stop. Uh, I'm, I take a hint is what I want to say. And lastly, about my family, well, my mother and my father specifically, uh, my mother was agnostic. I didn't know this until she was till, till near the end of her life, but we never went to church. We never talked religion. And, and it made sense in the end. My father, and they divorced when I was three, my father, as he would define it to people, he was spiritual, but not uh, religious. That's what he said. It was a direct quote. So, okay, that's my dad. But he believed in whatever, how being good to others was his, you know, do a good thing, uh, treat people kindly, that sort of sense is what, what he chose to emulate, to emulate, give to me in the sense of, let's talk about religion, son. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's what I got from him. My aunt, my mother's sister, uh, basically very close to becoming a nun, but whatever her journey in life was at the time, she chose to marry a priest, an Episcopalian priest, and they went on to have a wonderful family and a very wonderful life. I love that part of my family dearly, and the majority of that family, that edge, that edge, <laughs> that branch of the family has, in, has embraced and accepted my transition. So how can I say anything is wrong the unfortunate thing is they live about 3,000 plus miles away from me, and we don't get to see each other too often. If you're listening, you know I love you. But when I uh, went and stayed with them for a period of time, I went to church with them every Sunday because that's what they did, and I was the you know visiting family member. You did what they did. And so out of respect, I did what they did, and I just sat there and experienced it, and I experienced a good amount of it. And, I mean, I'm I, nothing negative. It's just, you know, that was 20-something-odd 20 years ago now. So I, I've lived my life, and here I am. Now, ultimately, how the hell does all of this help me answer the question about religion and coming out? Um, well... I just gave you the backstory of the religious input of my life, you know, predominant input. I've had, I went, I've had Jewish friends. I've experienced other things through other friends. And basically I can say, eh, I don't care for the organized thing. I don't want to follow somebody that tells me how to think. Uh, I will follow George Carlin, but that's another thing. As far as how I embraced my religion, Okay, mind you, I had nothing coming from my mother, a very Christian, Episcopalian thing from my aunt. Not pushing, but there. Then I had my father who was, you know, do good deeds, do good things, be good, choose wisely. 
Okay, <laughs> so that was my influence, and and he pointed out passages from the Bible and things like that. At the time, I don't remember them now, but that's not what this is about. So, growing up, I had nothing. Then I had Christian and God, and then I had spiritual but not religious. So, I think that's where the where I got the easy term. Let's just pray to God, right? Okay. Now, praying. I said I would talk about that. Uh, it, to me, it's basically talking to yourself out loud, addressing it to the universe, and I put a label on it, God. So essentially, while I'm sitting here recording, I'm praying. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. All my life, I felt special, uh, different, unique, um, and I thought it was pertaining to acting, performing, because that's where my love was, that was where the passion was. And I would pray, as I just mentioned, to God to show me a way to use this gift I had. And I just kind of followed my life through schooling and performing groups and such. And I, at the time, I always felt that I was special and had that special gift because, you know, he, I'm just a gender to put out there on God, doesn't need to be, he, we're labeling it, you know, provided that for me. So I wanted to do what good I could. Now, when I came out, that's when all these pieces started falling into place and everything started making sense. So, how did my religious beliefs affect my coming out? Not, not at all. <laughs> not one bit. Because I finally realized that whatever prayer I'd been wanting answered was answered when I came out and started loving and accepting myself. So then now you might be asking, do I still pray? Eh, yeah, I do. Once in a while. Once in a while. I think it's healthy to do that sort of thing. And when I say that, I mean talk to yourself out loud. Think things through verbally. Hearing it, saying it, is a lot different than just thinking it. And the other side of that question, did my family's views affect anything? No, not really. Well, let me rephrase that. Yes, kind of. <laughs> I have a niece and nephew who are very religious of the of Christian arena. I don't know what area of it, but Christian. And they they didn't really they accepted but not really my coming out. And they uh it's not like they started, you know, preaching to me or anything. But they were pleasant. And the thing is, is I don't see them that frequently. They live roughly 2,000 miles away, maybe a little shy of that. And I, I don't see them. I've mentioned them before, you know, weddings and funerals and, um, you know, big brouhaha's, family brouhaha's, family reunions. That's when you see these people. And so no skin off my back. No skin off my back, no skin off my teeth, whatever the saying is. Whatever it is. All right. Hey, I'd like to know 
what your thoughts are on question 19. If you're religious or if your family is religious and it's affecting your transition, your coming out, I want to hear from the people that actually do have a struggle with it. Uh, because I know that there are certain churches that are very accepting. So I know that's out there if you're able to move your uh, view or religion to a place like that. If it doesn't at this time, I'd let you know that they are out there. And also, uh, we're at, this is 19. We got 30. That's 11 more. Send me suggestions to use in the 30-day challenge area of the show. Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. Secondary topic. Thank you, Friskies in the Alley Cat Choir. Uh, oh, I don't know. What, what am I going to do? It keeps it lively. Keeps me entertained. Okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Speaking of being entertained, we've had a few heavy things so far this episode. We've had a few heavy things the last couple episodes. So I'm going to throw out another song. But this song is actually going to be kind of a callback to episode 29. Uh, kind of episode 28, 29. But in the beginning of episode 29, somewhere around the four to eight minute mark, somewhere right in there, when I'm recapping on episode 28, which is why it's kind of part of episode 28 as well, I mention a song from the musical Into the Woods by Stephen Sondheim. The song, I Know Things Now, and it's sung by the character Red Riding Hood, who is the young, youthful uh, girl, okay, of, of, the, of the show. And, you know, she grows up through the show. That's her journey, her arc of the show. And Red has to experience some of life before her world really gets put into perspective, I went through this at kind of 19 and 20 when I moved out from home. And then again, in the last year, as I've become to embrace myself as a trans woman. Now, as a little tidbit of what's just happened in the show, so you understand where Red is coming from. Uh, she is coming from the point of her story. Because now remember her story. She, okay, she is going through the woods to grandmother's house. Right? Right. And then when she gets to grandmother's house, she's greeted by the wolf. And the wolf eats her up, which has also eaten the grandmother up before that. Well, in Sondheim's story, as she's going through the woods, she meets up with the wolf. And they have a little song. Uh, It's a very... Oh... It's a very erotic song on so many levels in such a simple way, too. So she's crossed paths with the wolf who has gone ahead to the house to eat grandma, is disguised as grandma, Red gets to the house, and is eaten by the wolf as well. Then, the in the story, the baker comes upon the house and kills the wolf, releasing the grandmother and releasing Red Riding Hood. 
at that point in the story, we, we continue to follow the baker because the baker has some stuff to do and we see some other characters. Then when we finally catch up to Red again, she has a beautiful uh, fur, <laughs> wolf fur pelt around her, uh, or I guess that would be a pelt around her neck. And uh, the baker happens upon her and, uh, you know, <laughs> she... Is a little changed. She's more aggressive. She's more on her stands her ground. And it leads us into this song. So now, I give to you Danielle Furlong singing I Know Things Now from the Stephen Sondheim musical Into the Woods from 1989. Mother said straight ahead not to delay or be misled. I should have heeded her advice, but he seemed so nice. And he showed me things, many beautiful things that I hadn't thought to explore. They were off my path, so I never had dared. I had been so careful, I never had cared. And he made me feel excited, well, excited and scared. When he said, come in, with that sickening grin, how could I know what was in store? Once his teeth were bare, though I really got scared, well, excited and scared, but he drew me close and he swallowed me down, down a dark, slimy path, where lie secrets that I never want to know. And when everything familiar seemed to disappear forever, at the end of the path was Granny once again, so we wait in the dark. Until someone sets us free And we're brought into the light And we're back at the start And I know things now Many valuable things That I hadn't known before Do not put your faith In a cape and a hood They will not protect you The way that they should And take extra care with strangers Even flowers have their dangers And though scary is exciting Nice is different than good now I know, don't be scared, Granny is right, just be prepared. Isn't it nice to know a lot? And a little bit not. It is such a fun musical. It is such a fun musical. If you don't know it, please go. Uh, it used to be on Netflix. I think it's off of Netflix because they did the movie recently. But if you, I know iTunes has it, and I'm pretty darn sure that Amazon has it as well. Into the Woods, it's the 1989 production, filmed in 91, I believe. Uh, I could be wrong on my dates there. Uh, it is just a magnificent piece all around. Fun for the whole family, honestly. My son has loved it since he was six months old. Yeah, it's awesome. 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 So do yourself a favor and get it. See it. Now, I can't comment on the new movie, although I've heard a few songs on the Broadway channel in Rebecca's car, and it's the sound is good. It, it, the sound is good. I'm enjoying it. But I'm kind of, you know, connected to that stage play. So I will see the movie eventually. I just don't know how soon. Listener feedback. 
Actually, this episode, we have none. Absolutely no feedback. Well, I guess not no feedback. That's not really correct. Uh, I, I do have a little bit of feedback, and I do mean just a teeny tiny little bit of feedback. And that is that, sadly, we lost a like on the Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first time I've noticed it. If it's happened before, I didn't notice. But this time, I, I noticed it. And we went from 121 down to 120. So, hey, I know I'm not for everybody. That's cool. And ultimately, the Facebook page, maybe you still want to get the updates. I get it. That's cool. It's all good. But if you're still listening, hey, that's what counts. So thank you. See, told you. Told you listener feedback was going to be short. That's the end of the show music. Yeah, we're there already. We're there already. All right. Well, folks, thanks so much for sticking around to the end of the show. You know I love that. You know I love that. At least I hope you do. I'm telling you now. Uh, Next episode. Next episode, I'm going to talk about personal grooming habits and routines. Yeah. I'm just going to share with you what I do because I always found it helpful in learning from others. So now I'm giving back. And send me show ideas. Send me suggestions. Send me stuff to think about for the show. Send me stuff to comment about the show. I do so much things in these shows. I'm willing to talk about a lot of different stuff. Throw it my way. Send it my way. Bring it to me. And I'll answer it, do whatever. Mostly for the 30-day question, I'm trying to find something to fit in there. I always do a main topic and then kind of a secondary topic. Secondary topic, I'm open to music. So if you've got, you know, music you want to share, a public band, a band that, you know, they're not signed with anybody, I don't have to pay royalties, that's the key. I know you're going to talk to me about certain episodes in the past. Well, you know, it is what it is. That's me sharing, in fact, even this episode, it's me sharing my experience with this particular song and what it does for me, or whatever the song may be at the time I'm sharing it. But, like Cat House Thursday, I got permission from their publicity person to play their music. Hot dog! Yeah! So, if you've got stuff like that, get them in touch with me. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. (laughs) Stay crazy, everyone. I'll see you next week. Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you. 
So let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer time. I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Time for takeout. Wait, what? No, it's the outtakes. Just because we as a population, the general there's the first outtake. Uh, and, and then find it and place the item, the order, blah, 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 blah. All those episodes, all that. Let's try. All that was in last week's episode in reference to, and that can be found at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blog blog blah. blah. <coughs> Let's try that again. For trans women, you you have a we have a hard time stop to stop seeing blah. Try frick. Question 19. Wow, are we really at 19 now? Wow, 19. Oh, here's a doozy, as I've meant no. And I can't accept, or, or I can't expect. <laughs> Let's try that again. Oh, what are your... Yeah. Second thing. And this is about just, you know, religion in general. Uh, I, I am religious in that I believe in a power greater than myself. Because, uh... Blah, let's try that again. I'm really... Uh, hmm. But that doesn't real... Blah, 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 blah. Because of the universal blah. Uh, in the beginning of episode 29, in the first, I don't know, four or five minutes, eight minutes, somewhere in there, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wow. Hey, see, told you. Short show. Short show. Blah, blah, blah. And with that, I'm always blah, just happy.
All right. <laughs> yeah. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't still play, hey, la, la, la. <sighs> and now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. And I'm going to do this again. Is this the end? Yes, it is. Now remember, 